This is Rhetoric in Retrospect. I'm Ben. I'm joined today by my fellow intellectuals, Max and David. In this episode, we will discuss books versus movies. Literary experience heals the wound without undermining the privilege of individuality. There are mass emotions which heal the wound, though they destroy the privilege. In them, our separate selves are pooled and we sink back into sub-individuality. But in reading great literature, I become a thousand men and yet remain myself. Like the night sky in the Greek poem, I see with a myriad eyes, but it is still I who see. Here, as in worship, in love, in moral action, and in knowing, I transcend myself, and am never more myself than when I do. C.S. Lewis, The Reading Life. Have you seen any good movies lately? Oh, oh yes, I have seen a good movie. A very good movie, in fact. One by one of my favorite, favorite directors and screenwriters. <laughs> hmm, I wonder who. Christopher Nolan. Oh, yes. His movie Tenet oh, so was, brilliant. was brilliant. It was mind-boggling. We purchased it on Blu-ray. We don't purchase movies very often, but we purchased um, that film just because we need to watch... You just need to watch it again in order to really understand oh, yes. it. Oh, it's simply brilliant. In and it showcases, it uses the medium of video in a way that couldn't be done with the book. It just wouldn't be the same because of yes. all the of all the, the small details that make up the entire film is, I don't think it would have the same impact. I think that's what a movie should be. Yeah, I agree. I think that too often... A movie only exists because of the book, and that is not how it ought to be. Yes, it's just Movies a cash grab. There for themselves. Oh, yeah. There. You should embrace the medium. Exactly. Don't try to create another medium in that medium. It doesn't work well, especially for something like books, where much of it is in the head of the character. It doesn't work out too well on the screen. Especially things like silent films. Very. Very well done, when well done. But if you tried to make a silent film adaptation of a book, I don't think that would go so well. Exactly, exactly. Yes, well, as you may have deduced, today we are having a discussion on books versus movies. As people who enjoy both books and movies, um, we thought that we'd do an episode on why some are good and some are bad, and which one's better, and which one you should... Um, attend to and pros and cons of each and just have a a general roundtable discussion of the the pros and cons of each each one of them so um you two which if you had to pick one which do you think is better i if i if i had to choose between watching books for the rest of my life or reading Watching books, reading <laughs> books, or watching movies for the rest of my life. You know, I think I would choose books simply because there is so much more information that can be that can be compacted into a book. See, movie, you're forced to go at the rate that the authors that that the director is set. Whereas with books, you can you can read as fast or as slow as you'd like, but. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's probably the most extreme circumstance, whether you either choose between one or the other <laughs> for the rest of your life. I generally tend to enjoy movies more. Well, I'm actually, actually, I'm not, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm, I know what Ben's going to pick, so I'm, in this discussion, I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I'm 
going to say uh, movies. I would oh, I would pick movies. That, that is very good because, as, as you may have guessed, I may be slightly biased towards the book side. Um, and so most of my, my um, limited preparation was aimed at books and not at movies. So um, I'm glad to have somebody who can refute me. Yes, so I think that I, I would have to agree with both of you and say that if somebody had asked me which do you prefer books or movies, that would be a very difficult question to answer because I think that they each have their strengths and weaknesses, and I wouldn't want to pick one because they're sort of two different monsters. Like the, I enjoy movies for one thing and books for quite another, and they they sort of cross over, but they're they're very different. So I have a few points for why why books are are better and. I don't know, maybe you want to talk about them or refute them or something. So the Ooh, yes. the, the first point that I wrote down is it's, it's an imaginative experience. Um, you can't depend on your eyes alone. So since our, uh, what, what's the statistic? 30-something of our our um, senses of what we take in from the outside world is done with our eyes, which is the majority. But still, we can't use our eyes alone, really, to, to comprehend things. Oh, what do you think about that? Where are you getting this statistic from? <laughs> I, I feel like I read somewhere. Um, Here is an un unsupported claim that says research estimates that 80 to 85 percent of our perception, learning, cognition, and activities are mediated through vision. Really? That's a, that's a surprising number. Mm, but this can apply to both books and movies. That is true, because in a book we are we are reading the book, right? So, however, in a movie, I think you would agree that um, when, when they say a, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Well, if, if we could take that literally, then we could multiply the average frame rate of 29. <laughs> is it 24.95 frames per second by the average length of a movie? Well, we won't do that because that's not a precisely literal saying. Um, so so <laughs> what we could say is that... Our, our... That. Is each page of a book <laughs> even a picture? Oh, no, but it's by words. And so you could calculate exactly. the book averages, I don't know, maybe 10,000 words. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, and then you could say, well, 10,000 frames of a movie going at 24 frames per second is 10,000 divided by 24, which is... 416 seconds i must have messed up my math i'm not sure if that's correct but anyways you could argue that a two-hour long movie as opposed to a book is um is that the books are better it, i mean the movies are better because clearly it's more words but this is also just going off of an axiom <laughs> that is yes. i don't think they mean so, that quite yeah. literally <laughs> no that, that, that yeah. was for for dramatic purposes mainly but the the point is that um with since since we have so much information in a movie, we're, we we don't really imagine much. There's some movies that do a good job of saying, well, this happened, and they throw you into a scene in the future, and you have to imagine what happens in between it. There's a lot of inference, and like you mentioned before, Christopher Nolan, I'll probably bring up a lot, is a master of that inference. He'll just throw you into the middle of a movie, and you have no idea whatsoever what's going on until about halfway to three-quarters of the way through the movie. Until then, it's it's a very confusing very confusing um half an hour but i think that in a book well for one there's usually a, a decent introduction but i think that a lot of people 
when you read a book, you imagine a character a certain way or a scene a certain way, a background, a house, or whatever it is. You imagine it a certain way, and then when you see a movie, you don't really get to imagine at all, right? It's just you're you're, you're given the image and you, and you say, okay, this is this is this. And what what do you two think about that? Yeah, I definitely agree that books engage the imagination much more. That's no doubt. I'd say that most of the imagination that comes from movies is done after the fact. So it's not done in the moment, but it's it's after you've watched the movie, you you sit down and you contemplate what just happened. And uh, like Tenet, Tenet is a great example. You don't, you're trying to wrap your mind around it in the middle of watching it, but then you actually figure it out and make connections after you've watched it. Yeah. And then you had to rewatch it in order to gain more understanding of what's actually going on. I agree. And that's, that's a, an example of a job well done with a movie. Because in some movies where the only reason it was made is because there was an extremely popular book and you've taken the same characters and scenery and stuck them into a movie and tried to make a sort of similar plot, that, that, that isn't really helpful much for anyone because well for one all that you've imagined about that book series that you loved or whatever has just been you've been given what it's supposed to look like and your your imaginative experience is sort of ruined of that book and also why do you need to hear the story retold through a more imperfect medium this this story was designed to be given to you in uh well not i won't say paper form but in in the form of a book so why would you adapt it to a medium that it wasn't designed for, right? Yeah, yeah, it was... Did you just call it an imperfect medium? Yeah. The author's idea of it was in paper, and that's, like, their creation, and so any other adaptation won't capture the same spirit that was made by the author, or they can't Mm. do it perfectly, at least. So are are good movies only sprung out of... Or what's the wording... Um, are no movies that are made from books good? I don't think that's an assumption at all. Because I mean, well, there, there, I think there's some good movie adaptations of things. I think they're good because they're not sticking to the text exactly as it is. They're not having this be word for word, action for action. It's not exactly as it was writ- The story was written in the book, right? Um, I think that can turn out well when they they change some stuff because whatever they changed it works much better for a movie and that has done well but I think that it, it I mean feel free to contradict me but it seems to me like a general rule of thumb that movies designed to be movies usually turn out much better and are much more thought-provoking and are more enriching in general than books that were made into movies movies made for movies versus movies made for books or books made for movies or whatever it is no yeah yeah that oh that certainly in, i mean in you can movie look to book the... that that's i'd say that's worse than book than movie because at oh, least with agree I've, I've read some some books based off of movies and you know it just it's just really doesn't capture the same spirit because when you do movie to book uh, book when you do book to movie um like in the instance of, I don't know, Harry Potter, there's more content in the book than there is than the movie, right? So you, the author yeah. fills you in on 
the main character's thoughts and how they're feeling. And so uh-huh. the director and the screenwriters, they can choose, they can select some of the data, some of, some of the information that's thrown at you by the author. And, um, and that's really where the adaptation part comes in, right? It's taking the large yeah. amounts of information in a book and whittling it down into something that is more digestible. But when you turn a movie into a book, you have the problem where it's, there just isn't very much, and you have to sort of... Sometimes when authors convert books, movies to books, they'll uh-huh. um, make up their own content, like what people are thinking. Uh, I think that's the case in the Star Wars books. Oh, oh gosh. Um, about, yeah. about the movies, that is. There are some, like, Star Wars books that are completely original, but the ones, the books based off the movies, they artificially inflate the amount of data and i don't think that captures george lucas's ideas uh you certainly can't claim that oh i think my editions are just what george lucas would have made i I don't i don't think it works that way or or they just don't have enough data which is why certainly (laughs) book to movie no sorry movie to book movie to book doesn't work at all it's pretty much just a glorified fan fiction (laughs) yeah because it's almost never actually written by the screenwriter because they wrote it for the screen. I mean, it's 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 in the name of the screenwriter. They're they're not writing it for a book to be digested in that format. It's supposed to be seen. It's just like how Shakespeare wrote his plays to be seen acted. You're, when you read a Shakespeare play, it's nowhere near the same experience as actually seeing the acted with a full cast and costumes and everything else well-delivered lines it, it, it doesn't come even close you can't you cannot capture the the same performance and the same with movies a movie is designed to be very encompassing you're you're immersed in whatever whatever you're experiencing and for a short time albeit but it, it works really well you're you're very connected more so than with books because you're looking at a page and you're imagining this not to say that imagination isn't realistic but when you're actually experiencing something like that in a screen, you can viscerally see all the all that's around you and the people. It, it's much more, much more immersive experience. Although they're different mediums, I definitely think that they can be compared. Uh, the when when you have a movie, you the your own thoughts come to mind, and you can in your mind imagine sort of the little details and the little little. Uh, what what's the word like the 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 words that that when you read a book they come to life yeah and in a movie they're put into action so say with something like the shield of achilles in the iliad that is pages upon pages of description of one shield but in a movie it'd only be maybe 30 seconds of a couple of frames of a shield maybe it being made by uh, oh, what's the? I think it's Hephaestus because it's Greek. It's not. It's not Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the Indian. And I don't know. It's there's a lot more that can be put into words. However, as you're saying, movies are more immersive, and so there might be a lasting connection there. There might be more of a lasting connection there than with your imagination. I don't know. There, it, it's just 
there's so much to unpack here. There is, and it's a very fun discussion. I, I think that, like what you said, it, it's the thing with the imagination and and books is that the way books are sort of designed, and this is why I think that picture books generally don't to, do too well, or even covers of books with 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 the character on the front. I, um, I I read the entire Harry Potter series, and then I saw the covers, and oh, who is this? This is not at all who I imagined at all. And then you see the movies, and this is not at all who I imagined either. It's 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 very strange. But then in a movie, you're sort of taking what you've seen and keeping that in your head. So I don't, I don't know which sticks better. Something that you, because we all interpret words differently. They're they're though we sometimes may wish they were objective. Words generally mean different things to different people, and we've tried to standardize that, obviously, with dictionaries and such. But in general, we have very subjective views on on what a certain sentence means, and not so with movies, really. So I'm not sure which is a more memorable experience: inventing your own something or actually seeing this in its full glory. Like, like that, the Shield of Achilles is a great example. I've definitely had yeah. that experience before where you see a picture that happened with the wind wing feather saga. I was, I was reading the book and then they're uh-huh. like, Oh look, here's the family. Who are these people? <laughs> you know, is it <laughs> exactly it doesn't look at all like I imagined them to be And especially with the, yeah. with the enemies, the lizard creatures, I had a completely different vision of what they looked like. <laughs> it's the same, same here. The fangs of dang. Oh, that, that's an excellent series. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, but it, it's, I think that movie can sort of enhance and ruin our experience because th- this is the point I want to bring up that if there is a movie adaptation of books and you have not read the books, then the movies might seem fine, right? Then in comparison to the books, they sort of pale because the story was designed for the page and then you adapt it to the screen. It's, it's the whole adaptation thing. Whichever it's designed for, it usually does better in. That's its natural environment. So I think that it, it can work to translate books into movies, but when you compare them, it, it's, it doesn't go too well. The book almost always comes out on top. Oh, yes. So one point of 20 done. Excellent. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay. do, you think that, do you think that authors have a responsibility not to not make movie adaptations, to not let that happen if... if making a movie sort of ruins their new reader's experiences of the book. I think, and this has been interesting to me too, watching authors produce movies of their books. Like J.K. Rowling was highly involved in the making of the Harry Potter movie series, and she wrote the books, obviously. But from from my, my impression is that it's sort of an entirely different beast. She treats it not like her Harry Potter books. It, it's, it's a whole different thing. Maybe similar characters, but... Like she says, I never imagined Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. I have a completely different image in my mind. And then some authors will just try to um, evade the screen entirely. It, the funniest example to me is Suzanne Collins, who is the author of The Hunger Games, wrote a series that most people aren't familiar with called The Underland Chronicles, I believe. The, um, she wrote that before The Hunger Games, and that's more of a children's book. But the, she... She worked as a television producer, and she describes herself as a recovering television producer. And the 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 general consensus is that she wrote those books to not be able to be adapted to the screen, because 
it's continuously underground. All of the books are underground, and there's no light, so you can't see things. So the thought is that she wrote it that way so that you couldn't see what was happening, and it wouldn't make for a very good movie-going experience because she's had enough experience with television, she wants to keep it off the screen. I don't know. That's just a funny um, parallel. So, Ben and Max... Oh my goodness, it's so hard to argue against books, but I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying here. Um, what is it about books that makes them so, what's the word? It's not personal or enticing. There's something in there. I'm, I'm, try, I'm looking um, for a word. Well, no, no, not, not. I, I, yeah, I know um, what you mean. And I was trying to find this word too in writing because I have a point titled that. Let's say so, a word that's in between impactful, uh enticing and personal yeah I, i'm not sure what that word <laughs> is but i hope you know what i mean yeah. yes and i wrote that down as a point because i said books can be honest i don't think that fits very well what you just described works much better but that it's i think that's one thing inherent to movies that is if it's going to be produced in the first place almost always it needs to get approval by all of the higher-ups, because there's so many people involved in the making of the movie. Go watch the Lord of the Rings credits. They're at 30 minutes long, and the names keep on scrolling. <laughs> it's it's insane the amount of people needed to produce a singular movie. But then, with a book, you need an author, maybe an editor, but the author can sometimes be the editor. It can be a one-person operation, and they can decide what to write. It's a very personal thing, whereas a movie, if there's anything, especially nowadays, that hollywood in general thinks is going to damage the reputation well out it goes from the movie right with a with a book you can state your opinions that it doesn't sound right but it's much more personal it's a very bureaucratic and um restricted form i think movies are especially nowadays i mean somebody like christopher nolan can usually go and write something and he says okay i'll make you some money and then Hollywood or whoever funds him says, okay, here's some money. Go make us a movie that makes us money and we'll be happy. We don't care what you make. Just make it good, right? So I think that's one inherent flaw of the movie system. It's It needs approval by a lot of people. Yeah, when you're making, when these, these budgets are multi-million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars are going towards towards making these films, they, the funders are really risk-averse. They don't want their, um, they don't want like, 20% of their market to be to not see the film all because they left in some remark offending them and so they're going to be very censor heavy exactly that's a good way to put it stepping outside of my movie argument for a second i need to get in on this this book this book side uh i think there's something unique about but more than unique and not supernatural. There's something about literature that makes it special. And I think it's a superior medium to to film. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a reason that, and not just because it was at the time, <laughs> uh, but there was, and, and that was what they had. But I think there's a special reason why the Bible is in, uh, is literature and mm -hmm. not anything else. That, it, that, that the word of God is in a book. Yeah. And not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, us as yeah. humans were built. I, it sort of translates to the voice with, with language, with words, communication. We didn't communicate by 
charades um we 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 have words to ex- express and 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 there's obviously words in well usually there's words in a movie but with a book it's it's solely word that that verbal communication except written down um so i think that that i think maybe that's a more personal way because we we know that somebody invested the time to find the right word and write this well it it's maybe i don't know I, i'm going off off this off what i wrote down i don't have anything on this oh, maybe yes. i don't know I, I might just be getting into my senior thesis topic a ooh, bit with the benefits of literature oh oh we i hope we can do an episode on that sometime that would be delighted yes to hear that. yes oh, oh yes um so maybe point two is halfway done yeah something like that oh yes books I wrote this down, but in hindsight, I'm not sure how applicable it is. Um, books require our mental and emotional energy. I suppose, I suppose that movies, movies are, are packaged to be easily digestible by the yeah. general public, and so. But I wouldn't say that they're like, that they're just simply easier to digest because some of them can have, can be, I don't know if heavy is the right word, but. Uh in depth they're they're well zipped emotionally taxing (laughs) yes they only reveal their secrets upon very close and multiple inspections i think we need a dictionary here or or something we're we're having trouble finding (laughs) words yes literature yes very close inspections words are difficult to describe with other words um yeah I'm, i'm not sure if i agree with with what what I wrote there, I think that's a good. I don't think that's a good summary, but I think that what I meant was that um, books require more of you. A movies, movie going is very passive experience. Books, how to phrase it? We really do need the dictionary. But um, it, it's it's when you're when you're watching a movie that the images are just f- being funneled into your mind, right, or through your eyes rather, I suppose. Um, but with books, we we have to move our eyes around and we have to we have to think about the words and bring them in versus all, all day every day well we're usually surrounded by people and we have gotten pretty good at understanding what those people are trying to communicate to us and in movies it's just like people are around us it's it's people talking and and communicating as they normally would but in a book that communication is boiled down to a different format i think so we have to actively think about okay they're standing here and they're standing here and they say this and they say that and they're sitting in on at the table, and so on, so so on and so forth. It's it's not as natural. I don't know. Can, can you? So you know we what have I'm more. We have more experience of viewing people. Um, I, I suppose the the visual medium is is more familiar to us than the, uh, I don't know, scripted material, scripted yeah. format. Mm. Is that we have more experience seeing things than, conjuring them up in our minds and identifying you know words i suppose that's it what if i don't care about that what if i what why should i read a book why should i study language why should i uh Ooh. crack crack open any piece of literature Ooh, well i am very much looking forward to in fact i almost did it today but i decided not to to recording we'll probably cut that part out um to recording an episode called why good books don't have to be hard inspired by an excellent wall street journal article by lev grossman it, it, he wrote it a long time ago and it's pretty short but it's very good it's on why literature 
um, we, we seem to think of it as very taxing and it requires a lot of energy and, and some, some works of literature do, but he talks a lot about how, um, plot was sort of extracted from novels and how the enjoyment was extracted and it's hard work to get through a novel or a book in general. And that, that can sometimes be true. There's some books that are really good, but really difficult to get through, right? But I think there's also books that we just want to get through, right? That they're, they're not, we don't have to force ourselves to sit down and, and quote unquote, enjoy this book. We have to, we look forward to it and, and I'm excited to talk about that but literature seems like a, a I don't know to me at least I, I, I'm I don't have very much experience in this realm but in the case of movies and in the case of books I am usually more attracted to finishing a good book than watching a good movie usually hmm um, I I that that's bias. That's that has to be <laughs> that's biased. True. That's it, it is. That's totally it is biased. biased. But what? Why? What is one reason why I should read a book? Oh, over a movie. Hmm. Well, I I have twenty reasons, and let me let me think of a good one. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, we we sort of already talked a little bit about imagination. It's it's a uh, use our minds more. We 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 um. I think in the imagination, it's usually formed by our own experiences, right? We, 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 it's difficult to imagine things we have not ourselves experienced. And when we put our own experiences into a book, sort of, um, it, it's much more, maybe that's tying back to the, the, the personal point. Um, it's much more personal because when we're imagining things, we're imagining it usually with our own experiences. So that, that, that's relating the book more closely to us. I don't know. Um, we talked about books not being restricted in the same way movies are in terms of content. Um, oh, th- th- this is one I like. Um, you can stop a book. You, if, if there's something... I can stop a movie. <laughs> th- th- that's true. However, I think you'll agree that it's particularly in a movie... Th- like, if you go to see... I mean, we don't do that much nowadays. But if you go to a movie theater to see a movie, and there's a particular scene that's real, that, that makes you really think, then... You can't just um, go, go up to the top box and get them to stop it, right? You, you, you have to come back and watch it again or get a copy or whatever it is. Whereas in a book, if, if you come across a sentence that's really thought-provoking or you don't understand it or something, you can stop reading almost without effort and, and go back and read it again until you but, understand but it ben, or think about it or whatever. It can be argued that, that the, the number of... It, it could be argued that... When we're talking about books versus movies, we're not talking about the medium of through a theater. I would say that we're rather talking about films as in recordings, such as mm. using mm-hmm. DVDs. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> DVDs, gas. Because um, if you're talking about... To, to say, oh, that, oh, to say that books are better because you can pause them. Uh, is that you can stop reading them anytime you want isn't as valid because if you own the copy of a book, <laughs> if you own a, a copy of a movie, then you can stop it as many times as you want. You can stop it and start using the remote. Oh yeah, it's it's just that si- simple. Yeah, I think I think the if we're talking, um, oh what's the word? 
Ana- uh, analogically? Is that actually a Anna. word? I don't think it is. Analogy. <laughs> I don't think so. But if we're talking in terms of an analogy, um, a book is to a movie, or a movie is to a book as a uh, going to a movie theater is going to a, a live reading of a book. Hmm. Yeah. Having never, well, once maybe been to a live reading, I, I, I now see where you're coming. That's an excellent counterpoint. And I think that it's true that both can be stopped. But the the re- the only reason I put the point there is because it's a lot easier to to redo something of a book. Whereas with a movie, if you're watching it with other people, you have to stop it. But assuming you're not watching it with other people and you're the only one, then you still have to pause it and then rewind it or get the remote and pause it and rewind it and play it again, or, as is usually the case with me, rewind about 50 times too far, and then completely lose your place. Um, but d- just that, in general, it- it's a lot easier to to think about a book, but not even stop. I should have changed that. You can vary your speed. If there's, for example, for me, when there's dialogue, I can read dialogue really quickly, because, well, for one, usually the page is a lot less filled, because there's a new paragraph, there's a there's a line break every time somebody different speaks but also because it's much more natural to to hear the sound of people speaking than to uh, um try to imagine somebody's thoughts or imagine a description of some scene or some character or some object or whatever it is you can change that speed you can read dialogue quickly because there's usually not much to be taken there and then you can read descriptions slowly or read profound thoughts slowly, or whatever it is. You can, you can change your speed up. And while good producers of movies usually anticipate that and will slow down the movie in accordance or speed it up in accordance, that's not always the case. So that that can be an advantage that books have. S- some books don't have it because either they are very, very shallow continuously or they're very, very deep all the way through. I don't know. Make up that way you will. Why do you read books and why do you read movies? People might say that it's because because of the knowledge, and for many people that is true, but the real reason is that they enjoy doing it. If they say it's because of the knowledge, it's because they enjoy the knowledge that they receive, uh-huh. not because knowledge... <laughs> I was about to say, not because knowledge has any inherent worth. <laughs> well, oh, no, no words. Um... Are you are you no, quoting I don't, someone I don't right mean, now? I don't intend it in that way, but <laughs> but you understand. It's because it's because people watch movies and read books because they enjoy doing so, and so it might it could be argued that movies and books have the same value, and it's the value to which the the person who's digesting the medium finds it. So if you like books, then if you like books better than movies, then books are worth more to movies than you. They're worth more than movies than to you. I'd say absolutely not. There, there is. I'd, I'd say that the, the value of literature and the value of film is not subjective, and that there is some universal benefit to both. And I, 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 I there's definitely universal benefits to both. And what, what is one, one reason? What is one benefit that literature has over movies? Oh, because they can definitely be compared. Oh yeah, and I think that. Here, I, I think I think we've struck an excellent balance so far, at least, of movies have pros and cons, and books have pros and cons, and we'll continue yes. to go through this, but also with the, the entertainment, I think that there is that value, and I, I'm very excited to talk about this, and my good books don't have to be hard, but um, 
that entertainment value is usually not always but based on how in how it's entertaining it it can be very standard throughout all humans um and that's sort of the universality universality is that a word maybe um also it's it's an analogically no analogically we have so, to look up these words yeah, yeah. analogically so, so, like, universality or, no analogical i think i looked it up I don't, anyways anyways but then what about what about movies that are you're learning something from for example um when i read i don't know when, when i read my traditional logic textbook i am not saying oh this is the best most entertaining thing i've ever read <laughs> i mean it is pretty entertaining there's there's some pretty funny ones in here um I won't read the funny ones. They're they're a bit biased, but um, <laughs> um, yes. There's, well, some we can appreciate some things for the entertainment, and we should. There are some things that can be, just, knowledge providing, um, instructive. I think it's like the the um how to read a book, when we talked about the difference between instructional. Was it instructional? expository works yes in fiction i think that might be the difference there i don't know what do you think mm, but then that could be compared to movies saying that that's that's essentially the same as a documentary or yeah. uh an instructional video hmm. that, that would be a really interesting study the ratio of fiction to expository works in books versus the ratio in movies i wonder what that that would be really interesting Anyways, we digress. Um, what are, what are some other points? Um, I wrote rereading. I think we've already sort of covered that. You can rewatch a movie too, but it it seems to me that at some well, this is just my personal experience. Maybe it's because I haven't seen the best movies yet, but that after I see a movie enough times, I sort of get bored of it. Right? Would Would you agree? There, there's some movies that I don't. For example, The Lord of the Rings. We watch almost every year, and I still enjoy watching that. Right. Well, there's some books that I've read that I that I just say exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Possibly they're not the best books, but I just say, eh, I've read this a, a thousand times. I I don't need to read yeah. this anymore. It's I'm over it. And but yes, that has happened to me. I I don't know. It's it's probably just because movies are sort of a recent development. Relatively, I mean, we're 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 pretty young to to be calling it recent, but um. Yeah. The the re literature and writing has been around for a lot longer than movies have, and maybe there just haven't been enough good movies yet. But for example, I've reread Harry Potter ten times, some of them more, and I'm not at all bored. I I could read them ten more times and and still love them. But the most I I've probably seen the Lord of the Rings five times, and it, it's it's still not boring. But it, it just seems that um there are more books that are worth rereading than there are movies worth rereading. I don't know. Does that make sense? So are you are you saying that in classical or classic literature? Both in classic literature and in modern literature and all literature, mm -hmm. just overall there seems to be more books that, um, I think Mr. Adler, I, I forget what he called them, but books that are worth reading again and again because each time you derive something new from them. Would you count Homer as a classic? Homer? Oh, I, th I, yeah. I think certainly. Okay. Okay. I think right. right? Is is that yeah, the correct yeah, answer? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I I think Homer is a classic. 
it's more it's more like ancient yeah yeah it's, it's, i it's think an, it's, it's an old classic. literature yes <laughs> more character development and focus on secondary characters this was from some random website um that that sort of bundles into the point that there is a limit to time in movies versus books because well for one there's the physical limits you can't fit more than i think four and a half gigabytes nowadays on the average blu-ray disc um so that sort of limits it so you don't have to switch discs but also because i think after i i don't know has there ever been a movie that's many 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 hours long um yeah there's there's one that's 11 hours long or something like that or maybe it's oh, a wow. song that's 11 <laughs> hours long <laughs> what's the longest movie <laughs> the longest movie of all time but um maybe may, do you get bored of something after that long i don't know it seems that most movies probably designed for the movie theater um because that's where a lot of money is made originally um they're designed to be short and yet be very entertaining and because of that you i mean there's a finite number of things you can focus on and well develop well within those average of two hours that you get to make a movie so while you might develop one character or one location or one object really well you, you have a limit to how many of those you can develop well and when you try to do a lot of them and things start to fall to pieces because you only have a few scraps of information on each person place or thing the longest movie ever made was the innocence in 2019 at 21 hours wow and that's the english title i'm not going to read the the foreign <laughs> title i'm not sure i don't mind don't okay <laughs> no yeah. problem oh this sort of ties back to an earlier point um with books the the director and the producer and the screenwriter are sort of all bundled into one person except in uh, series where there's there's multiple <laughs> writers which hmm uh yes but in in most books the you have the you the author the author has control over the entire book whereas like we said earlier you everybody has to sort of agree in order for the movie to go well which ends up in most anything remotely controversial getting cut so i don't know benefit downside whatever um movies don't really get to develop much background much much of a universe i mean there are obviously ex exceptions i mean star wars is one of the most and i think um i have not seen them but the the marvel movies have generated some of the the biggest um canon universes i don't know what you call them um of all time but with with books you, there's much more of a a place to to generate backstory and um you, you have more space in general so two things one uh -huh. sorry to go back to this rabbit trail that i stand corrected <laughs> the longest film ever made was actually 857 hours <laughs> <laughs> it's an experimental art film experimental yeah experimental art film um and two so return of the king which was based on lord of the rings uh -huh. what won the academy award so would you say that that is not a good movie since it is based on a book or would you say that it is embracing the medium of film uh in a more unique way than the uh the the, the medium of literature oh, oh, I, I that think it was that, originally yeah certainly and it made the entire lord of the rings trilogy much more appealing 
then there's the, the, the Hobbit. But there is that that entire franchise didn't go over too well with the Tolkien estate. They didn't love it very much, and for good reason. It's, it's sort of been commercialized and and reduced to, to I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't stoop to their yeah. wording of cheap thrills, but it it's <sighs> yeah. <laughs> ouch. That they refused to see um, Peter Jackson when he wanted to say hi. Um, oh, but uh, I think that it's not inherently bad because with that they they cut all the stuff, and and some of the cuts are sort of sad because you lose a lot of the a lot of what Tolkien was trying to communicate but I think that they did a good a decent job there converting that into a good film that's easily watchable I don't know so what what we've been saying so far has been books are better than movies uh, because movies don't spend time on exposition or movies are better than books because movies are better than books because no 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 books are better than movies because movies are weighed down by bureaucracy and shareholders. Wait, that was just two things for books. There was no. Yeah. there was no. We've been saying we've been movies. saying arguments against for that. I don't think we've had very much. <laughs> well, we could. Yeah. Any anyways, those are just examples. I can't think of the other ones, but in essence, what we're saying is that movies are better than books because movies are weighed down because of qualities that most movies inherently have but like we were saying about the time what if there those those problems are inherent are not inherent to the medium they're inherent to the system and so we're saying we're not saying we're saying are the books we have right now better than the movies we have right now what we should be saying is is the medium of of print better than the medium of video because from there it really opens up the um the discussion because we're no longer weighed down about current examples because we yeah. might say oh but the, the the harry potter film skimped out skimped out on the most important parts they didn't really cover the the character arcs well if it's possible to make a movie that has quality character arts arcs which i believe it is then then in that case books it's no strike against movies and and likewise we we say that yeah movies are more digestible what were, what were some other reasons here say some reasons against movies against movies um wait did we even define our terms i, I don't think we did which is sort of an issue oh, i just dear. cut out all, oh, the, all the definition and everything else I I may have phrased it badly at the beginning, but I, I don't want to crown you mean one poorly. As... Poorly. poorly, poorly, poorly. Yes, <laughs> thank you for the correction. Um, I, I may have phrased it poorly at the beginning of this episode. I don't want to crown a, a a winner. Books are are much better than movies. Never watch a movie again. Um, but I think that it, it's it's good to have the discussion, and maybe at the end we can decide, um, which medium we can look to for different attributes maybe i i i think that without a doubt movies are are more immersive um they're a much more tangible experience but then if you're looking for um very complex plot and good character development and um length then go to a book i don't know 
I would argue that movies are the video. Sorry, the medium of video is better than the medium of text. Yeah, because there's more room to work with, right? With movies, with movies, the the medium of of video has so much you can do with it, so much that you can adapt and change. Because remember, it's not only video; it's also audio. Yeah, and so, that's true. And so there's all sorts of things you can do with the score. There's all sorts of things you can do with camera angles. And even with animation. Remember, you can't animate a book, but there's de- several different subgenres. There's so much diversity in the type of content that you can make using using video. Are, are you disrespecting flip books, Max? <laughs> <laughs> flip books count as books. Because... It expresses, I suppose it expresses motion. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, Do flip books uh, count? They're, they're, they're not I, really I'd say th- text in the traditional sense. Yeah. Be, do do picture books count? So picture books rely on <laughs> rely on images to express the the action to their juvenile audience. <laughs> oh, juvenile? What if I want to read a picture? To their, to their younger audience. Uh. I didn't mean <laughs> juvenile. But so so does that count? Um, well, because uh, uh, it's not text that's, that's being used primarily. Actually, funnily enough, I, I wrote down the opposite point, sort of, that the visuals, well, and I'm glad you brought up the music point because Oh, movies and music, it's just a whole another level. It's incredible. A, a well-done score adds so much to a movie. I mean, can you imagine watching a movie without a score? It'd be so emotionless. Yeah. Or without audio at all. I know. Silent, well, there are well-done silent films that make me laugh. But Yes, yes. <laughs> in general. But I, also, I think that there's limits to the visuals. With, with words, you can describe almost anything. With visuals, it's sort of limited to what us as humans have experienced, right? I mean, it, it's difficult to go out outside. I mean, there, there's well-done films like Interstellar, another Christopher Nolan film, which we highly recommend, does an excellent job with um, multiple dimensions and space and wormholes and, and all black holes. They did wonderful jobs with the graphics. But I think that with words, it's there's more you can... Com- I, I can't find a good example. I can't think of one right now. But w- would you agree that there's you can communicate more with words that it might be difficult to communicate with visuals. Yeah. No. Yeah, I absolutely agree. <laughs> so so Oh my goodness. Please Whoa. explain. I don't think that there's anything. Remember, don't forget, don't forget in the opening crawl of Star Wars, the expository was uh-huh. was video of text. Don't forget that, <laughs> that if there's something that you could explain better with text, perhaps in a foreword or a postscript you can have just scrolling text that that explains it, you know, oh, and oh. it's perfectly acceptable. I... It's per- perfectly within the bounds, and so I don't believe that there's anything that you can that you can. Well, at mm. least I haven't seen well, any examples of I, I, things that you can explain better that you can better illustrate with text as opposed to video and audio. But if I there think were, that <laughs> there's there's absolutely more that can be communicated with language and poetry and 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 that's where it gets into the, the uh, poetry there's no real thing to stand against it oh like, we'll have to do episodes um, on poetry but I, I think that what just occurred to me i didn't write this down but 
the five senses, you can't really communicate scent or feel or what are the other ones? Um, uh, are you challenging me? Taste. You like cannot a movie. scent and taste. I don't. You cannot communicate through either mediums. However, you can communicate. Tech, you can communicate feel much better through the medium of video because you can show images that invoke texture. You know, mm, true. I think, I think that the the Star Wars movies, the Star Wars prequels, have a or tri, tri, wait, what are they? <laughs> the new Star Wars movies, you know, they kind of taste like movie popcorn, and they have the texture of a, <laughs> of what's what's the texture of pop uh, that. It, it's Crunch. like it's not crunchy no it's wait it's, what the heck is the texture of popcorn? It, it's fluffy but but brittle but uh, <laughs> wait what how, how i don't know how Anyways. you would describe it how how can you uh, but i think you can communicate there is definitely there has definitely been an experimental film where somebody has tried to communicate all oh, five senses. And, and actually, it's really neat to see the the four D theaters. You can't do taste, I think, but they does have, that count? They they, they, uh, they with, roll with, them with out and they three D three D videos. So when you use when you use sort of like glasses, uh-huh. you know those high tech glasses with the special with the special, you know, yeah films in the in the in the lens yeah the special lenses uh-huh does that count I because think so. then mm. oh so, so you do think so well oh, good. if it's a movie and it's a 3d movie i mean it's almost the same experience it's just that the you you see the, the whatever it is on the screen popping out maybe I don't know. Do you... I, th- I think we're, we're we're getting off track. We, uh, need, to, we need to wrap this yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> um, we are running out of time. But um, what's, what's oh. our concluding word? And and we don't have to talk about this one. But in movies, I think we mentioned this at the beginning. You can't see thoughts in in books. Mm, yes, yeah. It's much better at communicating the emotions of people. I mean, you can communicate emotions, um, physically and visually, but it's a lot easier to do it through people's thoughts without them having to actually express it. Um, portable, no commercials. I don't know why I wrote that down. Um, no batteries. Um, I guess they're just, um, easier in general. You don't have to plug in a book. Whatever. Kindle. Uh, I, 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 as one who reads on Kindle solely, um, I can agree with that. Ah, but those, those are problems with the medium. Is that, as opposed to the, it, no, they're problem with the format as opposed to the medium. Does that make any sense? But, yeah. But anyways, basically, the, all those problems like commercials and, and such, that that's that's a result of the current system as opposed to something that is theoretically possible. Also, I don't think there's that many commercials in films. No. Oh, also, we're going back to if you own the film, there's no commercial in the, exactly. the actual yeah. film. Yeah. Um, sh- shall I read a quote from the, the most amusing... Max has heard this before, but Jerry Mander... Um, from his book, Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television. Sure. Um, it, it was written in 1978, so it's a bit outdated, and it's written for television rather than films, but I think that similar things can apply. I'm not sure if we entirely agree with this quote, but it, it's, it's an interesting one nonetheless. And, I mean, with a name like Gerrymander, we have to read it. Quote, When I put on the television, after a while, there's the feeling that images are just pouring into me, and there's nothing I can do about them. This liquid quality of television imagery derives from the simple fact that the television sets its own visual pace. One image is always evolving to the next, arriving in a stream of light and proceeding inwards, 
to the brain at its own electronic speed. The viewer has no way to slow the flow. Yes, I pronounced that correctly, except to turn off the set altogether. If you decide to watch television, then there's no choice but to accept the stream of electronic images as it comes. The first effect of this is to create a passive mental attitude. Since there's no way to stop the images, one merely gives over to them. More than that, one has to clear all channels of perception to allow them in more cleanly. Thinking only gets in the way. There's a second difficulty. Television information seems to be received more in the unconscious than the conscious regions of the mind where it would be possible to think about it. Um, and he goes on and on, but that, that's the pertinent section, and that's from Jerry Mander and the four arguments of for the elimination of television. See, I think that those problems, while they're entirely valid um, about television, in, in the, they're not exactly arguments about yeah ag- against the medium of film. I, I mean, there are some, but it's mostly about the the content that is expressed the way content is expressed using the medium of film so like he was saying that the creators of this tel- of the television they they make sure to make the content easily digestible through the subconscious which is which is entirely valid but we're talking about the we're talking about the mediums as opposed to the way the mediums are used so i suppose I suppose it could be a knock against it could be a knock against books that the f- the medium of text makes you think about things and it can't be accepted so subconsciously. But on the other hand, the medium of film can do both. <laughs> it can make it can make you think about things and it can also uh <laughs> infiltrate your subconscious but you know the try <laughs> is that a good thing <laughs> <laughs> my goodness well we'll think about it this way it can infiltrate your subconscious but is it necessarily a bad thing we might assume that infiltrating one's subconscious is purely for nefarious purposes but but it could be used as a therapeutical device you know there's all sorts of possibilities <laughs> that <laughs> The, the the thing is, the fact of the matter is that the medium of film offers for more flexibility. Really, Max, what are you what are you planning here? <laughs> what am I? What <laughs> are you are you planning to force thoughts into people's minds through film <laughs> for therapeutic reasons? <laughs> for therapeutic, reasons. yes, I'll say that they're all insane and they have to watch my videos to get well. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, but what, what what is our what is our final word on this uh, this subject? I think what is our consensus? Well, I think that we we could we could probably talk about this for many more hours, but I think yeah. that suffice it to say for now, I think we've pre- we've presented some good arguments both for and against movies and books. Um, I I think that turned out very well. So treat each neither is bad, obviously. Well, some might have some benefits that another doesn't. So use them based on what benefits it has for you or whatever. Um, But in general, they're both very useful mediums for communication of thoughts and emotions and text and knowledge. And understanding is different from knowledge. Highlight, highlight. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think they're similar yet different we can appreciate them each for what they are and not get rid of either of them so is that a good conclusion do you agree with that 
I do agree with that. I agree with that. Yep. Great. Well, this has been an excellent discussion, and I, I certainly hope that in any any thoughts you have on this, I don't know, maybe, maybe we're horrendously wrong and, and movies are terrible, or maybe we're horrendously wrong and books are awful, um, please send us your thoughts on, on either. Or if you agree with us, let us know about that too, or so, something. Um, but if, if you would like to email us, we would greatly appreciate it. And you could email us at rhetoricandretrospect at gmail.com. Same spelling as our title, obviously. We um, shall leave the link in the description, of course. Of course, as we always do. Um, I'm not sure where to send you for further resources. I couldn't find any. Maybe read Gerrymander's Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television. I have not read it myself, but I've read some excerpts. I suppose if there's suggested reading... We could. Oh, we oh, oh, oh. Uh, or or watching. Uh, <laughs> Tenet is a very good film, as oh, well as yes. all of other Christopher Nolan's other Christopher films, Nolan. Interstellar oh. and um, the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception. Yes, in- Inception. And for reading, we talked. We touched briefly on the Wing Feather Saga, and that is very good. I believe. Yeah, we all suggest that here. Have you Have you read that, David? I have not. I, I have uh, received some <laughs> recommendations to read it, and I haven't gotten the chance to because, oh, schoolwork. Oh, yes. That, that pesky schoolwork, though, it is quite fun. Oh, yes. Usually. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, Harry Potter. Well, we, oh, 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 I have been preparing my episode with fervor on Harry Potter. I cannot wait. Um, That won't probably come for some time. I want to do a few, few more prerequisites, some dependencies first, but... At some point that will come, so read Harry Potter, but if you, if you don't believe us yet, we'll convince you, hopefully, sooner or later. M- maybe someday we'll give you our full recommended reading list. It's a few hundred long, but yeah, but for, for now, I, I guess that that's it from Ben, Max, and David, right? <laughs> yes, uh, this has yeah. been Rhetoric and Retrospect, signing off. Signing off. Bye. Bye. Bye.